Hi, I'm Norm MacDonald, and this is the news. A comet hit the planet Jupiter last July, and scientists now say the dark scars have almost completely disappeared. But the emotional scars will be there for a long, long time. In Walnut Creek, California, anyone who turns in his gun can get free therapy. And anyone who doesn't turn in his gun can get free anything. <laughs> And in a related story, this week marked the 5,000th performance of the Broadway musical Cats. It also marked the 5,000th time a guy turned to his wife and said, What the hell is this? <laughs> According to retailers, the most popular Halloween mask this year is O.J. Simpson. And the most popular Halloween greeting is, I'll kill you and that guy who's bringing over your glasses, or treat. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Facts and Friends. Welcome to this, I miss you already, Norm, Aww. episode of the Facts and Friends podcast. I know, it's tough, tough week. Yep. My name is Tino, and speaking of Saturday Night Live alums, joining me this week is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as the founder and president of the Victoria Jackson Fan Club. It's oh, Judson. Hello, Judson. Son of a bitch. I like Norm MacDonald. You like Victoria Jackson. I do not like Victoria Jackson. <laughs> yeah, nobody does. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure Victoria Jackson likes Victoria Jackson. Yeah, for real. How you doing, Judson? I'm doing okay. How are you, Tino? I know this has been a really tough week for you. It has. A, I loved Norm MacDonald. He was my all-time favorite Saturday Night Live Weekend Update anchor. Sure. We played some of his clips during the opening theme, just to remember him. And that's sort of the theme of the beginning, at least, of the show. We're going to start off with remembrances. Okay. You know, here, here's a question I have. If God is going to take an SNL update anchor from us too soon, why couldn't she take Chevy Chase or... <laughs> Dennis Miller. Definitely that last one, please. Chevy Chase is pretty horrible, too. I mean, sure, but... Yeah, no, you're right. Well, thanks for all the laughs, Norm. Another sad thing to remember this week, Judson, is September 11th, which was just a few days ago. It was. The 20th anniversary was just the other day, and all of our current and former presidents took time to pay respect to the humans who lost their lives in their own special ways. Wait, all? In their own special ways is key <laughs> to that sentence. <laughs> Do tell, I guess. 43rd president and unindicted war criminal George W. Bush spoke at a memorial service in Pennsylvania. Harsh, but fair. He had some moving words that completely ignored his failure to take meaningful action to prevent the 9-11 attacks and also made no mention of his subsequent indefensible response of mass murdering poor people who had nothing to do with the terrorist attack. So we're not going to play any of his audio. In countries that had nothing to do with the terrorist <laughs> yes, attack. Exactly. At a separate event at the National September 11th Memorial and Museum in New York City, Presidents Biden, Obama, and Clinton, uh, Bill, not Hillary, because, you know, her emails. Right. They all paid tribute <laughs> to the thousands of lives lost as a result of the 9 11 uh, tragedy. How dare they? <laughs> I know. Now, Jimmy Carter, who is like 300 years old, <laughs> understandably could not, I think he's 96. The 96, uh, yeah, something yeah. like that. He, he couldn't attend any of the events, but he did commemorate the tragedy in private. Which brings us, Judson, to, to 45. The former guy. And this. Sir, 
Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. This is an honor to be with you, and what a great evening, and I think you're going to see an incredible fight, and... Wait, 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 what? An incredible fight? What does that have to do with 9-11? Yeah. I thought it was a 9-11 tribute. Right. As you said before, it's in his own special way. (laughs) Out of respect for the thousands who died in the worst terrorist attack on U.S. soil, Donald Trump and his idiot son... no, not Eric, the, the, other, the other one. He doesn't take Eric anywhere. No, I can't blame him for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's one good decision he's made in his life. They, they took a fat paycheck to commentate on a joke of a boxing match. Really? I believe the fight was between two washed up fighters. Well, not washed up, old, old retired fighters. One of whom is almost 60. And it was called after one round. I, I think a minute I, and 20 seconds in. I think if you're 60, you're washed up. In boxing. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean uh, you may have had a great early career, a great boxing career, but if you're boxing at 60, you're washed up. You're definitely too old for, for, for this. Yes. You're, you're too kind. I, I don't want to get punched by a 58 year old man who could probably knock me out in one blow. Well, he kicked uh, the shit out of you, but in a like legitimate boxing match, if there's I, such a thing. I'm just trying not to do too much offending of people who can knock me out in one punch. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, sadly, Justin, I couldn't find any audio of the actual fight commentary. I'm sure it was magical. I read about it. And so I was able to confirm that while waiting for the judges to reveal the results of a match, Trump noted that he had seen a lot of bad boxing decisions and that, quote, like the elections, it could be rigged. Oh, it's all about him. Check that off your bingo card. (sighs) Man, I'm just going to I'm just going to drink. Is that okay if I just drink? (laughs) It's fine. I'll have a sip too. toast. Mm. Cheers. Now, now the fight organizers claimed to have offered Barack Obama some money to commentate a different fight in the future. Okay. But unlike Trump, Barack Obama actually has respect for the office of president and manages to understand the concept of dignity. (laughs) Plus, he doesn't need money that badly, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Trump does really need cash. (laughs) Well, in fairness, Trump did speak to some police officers about 9-11 earlier in the day. No word yet on how much they had to pay him for that appearance. It ain't free, that's for sure. I'm sure it wasn't. Well, after Trump's stirring 9-11 tribute slash pay-per-view boxing match, (laughs) he did announce plans to referee a female little person jello wrestling tournament for Holocaust Remembrance Day. So (laughs) we have that. That, That's that's nice. That's that's very, very tasteful. That's your patriot, TQP, right there. That's, That's the guy. So patriotic. That's your guy. All right, let's move on. Uh, News-wise, there are a lot of balls in the air. (laughs) Jesus, cut us some slack, brother. We were just airing off a minute after Ricky's afternoon run. God, they're back? No, guys, sorry, sorry, audience. Ricky Shorter's testicles got fired from their podcast, and now I just can't get rid of them. (laughs) God. No, I'm talking about the many ongoing news stories out there, like Bob Woodward's new book. Oh, joy. It's called Peril. And so you already know what it's about. (laughs) Because that's what we were in. Yes. And he wrote it with his colleague from the Washington Post, Robert Costa. Yeah. It covers the final months of Trump's presidency, including January 6th. Now, the book isn't out yet, but some folks have gotten advanced copies. So let's talk about what we know so far. Justin, who is one of the last people you'd expect to save our democracy? Um, Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. But that, that is totally fair. <laughs> Let me narrow it down a little bit. Okay. Which living former vice president would you least expect to save our democracy? You can't say Mike Pence. Well, then can I say Dick Cheney? Mm, you can. Okay. I say Dick Cheney. That would not be my choice, and it's not the okay. correct choice. It's it's the last one I expect, right? If you if the last one you expect is Dick Cheney, the last one I expect is not Dick Cheney. Okay. The la- who's the last one you expect? Well, it's none other than Mr. Potato with an E himself. <laughs> Dan Quayle, also with an E. I forgot all about that guy. Most people have. (laughs) In their upcoming book, Woodward and Costa explain how Mike Pence called the only other living vice president that had to certify an election he lost to ask if there was anything Pence could do to appease Trump and his unconstitutional demand that Pence refused to certify the results of a free and fair election. Also, Quayle is from Indiana and so is Pence. So would you like to read this transcript from, from their call, Judson? Sure, sure. This is from the book Peril. Over and over, Pence asked if there was anything he could do. Mike, you have no flexibility on this. None. Zero. Forget it. Put it away, Quayle told him. Pence pressed again. You don't know the position I'm in, he said, according to the authors. I do know the position you're in, Quayle responded. I also know what the law is. You listen to the parliamentarian. That's all you do. You have no power. So I don't know what's more chilling about that. Is it the fact that Mike Pence seemed willing to kill democracy as we know it in the United States? Or was it that Dan fucking Quayle had to talk him out of it? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the part that gets me the most. I don't know. I, I think it gets me more that he was willing to do it. I fully expected him to try something, though. So really? Saw, yeah. I mean, him taking Quayle's advice here is what basically ended up happening, right? He just did nothing. He didn't. He certified the election. He just did his job. Um, he did. But. I expected him to try something, not not an overt overturning of the election, but some sort of delaying tactic just to give plausibility to this whole stolen election narrative they were crafting. What advice do you think Dick Cheney would have given? That's that's that <laughs> shoot Nancy shoot, shoot in him the in the face. face yeah, <laughs> claim he thought it was a duck. Yeah, that's mm. uh, that's what he would say. <laughs> and it sounded like the penguin the whole time doing it. <laughs> I can't do the voice, though, so I'm not going to try. Unless that's which penguin, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) To me, Judson, it's emblematic of how far down this terrifying road to autocracy the right's gone. Like, where are we going to be in 10 more years? 15 more years? Uh, Canada. (laughs) Well, we are. (laughs) Where's this country going to be? We see what the right is turning into, and it's terrifying. Yeah, it's we've said it before, uh, and there's no real way to sugarcoat it at this point. I think I think we're headed towards a violent conflict, like more violent than we've seen. I'm, I, I, I don't, and you and I have said that for years. Yeah, I don't know that it's outright civil war, but there will there will be there will be blood. It will more happen. Blood. Yeah, there will be something. There will be something worse than what's what's happening now. I actually think now what's more likely to happen is that the right is just going to win because they've stolen the courts. Yeah, and that they're basically going to get their Christian theocracy. They won't call it right. that. Could be it could be blood that is sanctioned by the state at that point, right? The vice president of the United States was willing to ignore the Constitution and allow Trump to become dictator of the United States. He was willing to do that. Yep. That tells you where we're going. Not a good place. No. Well, another really upsetting sign that people very high up were worried what Trump might do to stay in power after January 6th is what the book describes this country's top general did and said. Listen to this clip from CNN. General Mark Milley took top secret action to limit President Trump's ability to make a military strike or to use nuclear weapons. Let me just stay, set the stage from the book. According to Woodward and Costa, on January 8th, Milley is deeply shaken from the assault on the Capitol on the 6th. He believes Trump, to your point, is unstable, unpredictable, 
And Woodward and Costa write, Millie believes that Trump is in serious mental decline. <laughs> Okay, General Milley. It doesn't take a four-star general to figure that shit out. Okay, Clear, clearly General Milley has been listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, it also turns out that China was concerned about Trump after he'd helped to incite that insurrection and and, and attempted a coup. Yeah, I, I can see why many countries might have been a little more than a little nervous about things. When you just said that, my mind jumped to later on in the show because we're going to talk about someone who is absolutely positive that Trump is well respected among world leaders. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that, I just remembered oh. that, that moment. Millie learned of this whole China concern through intelligence reports, according to the book, and he actually then back-channeled his Chinese counterpart to reassure him that Trump isn't going to attack China, or not at least over his dead body, he's not going to. Right, right. So on January 8th, Nancy Pelosi called Millie directly, and Woodward and Costa apparently got a transcript of the call. Here's uh, CNN again going over that conversation. Pelosi has the same concerns that Millie does. The phone call is dramatic, it is blunt, and Pelosi wants Millie to reassure her that the nuclear weapons are safe. And this is the exchange. Pelosi, who knows what he might do? He's crazy, you know he's crazy. He's been crazy for a long time. So don't say you don't know what his state of mind is. He's crazy, and what he did yesterday, meaning actually two days ago, January 6th, is further evidence of his craziness. General Milley says, Madam Speaker, I agree with you on everything. Uh, Milley reassures Pelosi on the call, but when he gets off, he thinks to himself, she's right, and he decides to take this extraordinary action. So the extraordinary action she's referring to is that Millie called a secret meeting with the National Military Command Center, the Pentagon War Room, basically those in the chain of command for our nuclear weapons. Right. And this is what he tells them. He brings the generals in and the officials, according to Woodward and Costa. Just remember, he is not technically in the chain of command. He is an advisor to the president. Uh, and he tells the generals and the officials who run the war room no matter who calls you, you, you got to let me know. Here's what he says. Quote, if you get calls, no matter who they're from, there's a process here. There's a procedure. No matter what you're to told, you do the procedure, you do the process, and I'm part of the process. So he's basically going around Trump, as she points out. Millie's not in that chain of command. He's an advisor to the president. I, I mean, yes, but I don't know. All we have is what we're hearing from. President has sole discretion whether or not to use nuclear weapons. That's not my point. My point is that all we're getting is this one person who has read these this advanced copy. We haven't read this ourselves, right? We haven't no, seen no multiple. Oh, this, right. the, the, the woman whose clips I'm playing has read it. Right. So we're only getting one interpretation of what is what what is said, basically. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, Millie's people have said that he just reminded them what the protocols were. Right. I'm reserving judgment on, on what the book even says, because we haven't read it, obviously. We're well, only getting secondhand information. Well, you take reserving judgment and throw it out the window because we're playing... <laughs> <laughs> it's time to play the easiest game in podcasting. Did the right lose their shit? Yes. Uh, I know. <laughs> oh, the answer is always yes. <laughs> Except that one show when it wasn't, when I fooled you. Well, there was that one time. That but. one time. So the guy <laughs> who shit all over 9-11 victims. Yep. Called for Millie to be arrested and tried for treason. It's not treason. <laughs> 
I'm just telling you what the right did. I know. I'm just saying it's not treason. <laughs> just about every TQP Republican wants Millie to resign or worse. Or be court-martialed, m- misspelled. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that Marjorie Taylor Mar- Green? Marjorie Taylor Green twice tweeted out to court-martial like he's a like he's the grand marshal of the parade. Wait, she spelled court right? She did spell court right. Holy yes. shit. That's I know, shocking. I'm glad I'm sitting down. 50%. Yeah, yeah. So she did it twice, and then she had to go back and delete it when, when someone finally told her that she had used the wrong word. So what are your thoughts? Clearly, Millie broke the rules. Based on the reports of people who have read the book. Right. Based on their interpretation. I, if, as Millie's people are saying, if he's only reminded of the protocol, if he's just saying, this is the process, make sure that this is the process that we follow, then I, I think it's fine. I think they're actually more upset about the China back channel. It, it, and again, I, I think, I, I'm not concerned about it personally. What they're claiming, and maybe, you, I don't know if you know this, what they're claiming is that he called our foreign enemy and gave them information that he shouldn't have. That was, that was the but, treason. But, but in this sense of treason uh we're not at war with them therefore they are not an enemy in that sense they are a certainly an adversary on the global stage no question uh but they are not it is not treason you might be able to charge him with some other lesser crime but it's definitely not treason so i think what he did is probably wrong based on these reports again what we're going off of i think it might not be legal right but that doesn't make it wrong okay that's fair because I was the next time I was going to say this, I also think he needed to do it. That it was brave and heroic. Yeah, it's it, it is what needed to be done at the mo- at that moment. Yes, uh, I, and it it may not be within the structure that we currently have set up. But the problem then is the structure we currently have set up and the person we have in charge had had in charge of it at the time. All right. Well, we'll be right back with our main topic this week, and you're not going to want to miss it. Well, Judson, you might want to miss it. I but uh, uh, can I step out now? Then is that- <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You're the only one that's required to be here. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Looking for a podcast that speaks to you? Look no further. The boys at the Facts and Friends podcast have you covered. My name is Tino, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host. You all probably know him as the Jewish space laser operator, Third Shift. (laughs) Third Shift? God damn it! But I know him as Judson. Hello, Judson. Hi, Tino. Host Judson and Tino bring you some of the funniest takes in podcasting. And how long did that marriage last? It lasted three years. Three years, that's right. Three years after it failed, she killed herself. I did not know that. Yeah. It's a very sad story. You sure know how to make a joke funny. (laughs) Always positive. Fuck you, Mitch. He beat your entire party into submission, and you helped him do it. Fun for the whole family. All she needs to be qualified is a black pussy. No brain needed. You'll always have fun listening to the Facts and Friends podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Our main topic this week is probably not going to surprise anyone. (laughs) Judson. I'm sorry. Let's keep it respectful. This is a heavy topic. I'm sorry. My fault. It is, of course, Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's testicles. <laughs> but I, I do hear one of them is heavier than the other these days. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> to bring you this story, we kind of telegraphed this earlier. Here's some talking male anatomy. She added this. She said that her cousin in Trinidad, quote, won't get the vaccine because <laughs> his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now that girl called off the wedding. 
So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied, which seems sensible. Big reaction to this. We'll report on that tomorrow. No, 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 Tucker. Sorry, I need. I wasn't clear on the male anatomy. I did not mean the dick. <laughs> she called off the wedding because the dude has an STI. He had one <laughs> testicle swollen. We're, we're going to get into this. He had an STI. It clearly didn't get it from her. Of course she called off the wedding. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was from the COVID vaccine. That is not where you get the COVID vaccine. Not what Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend told me. <laughs> well, someone told him something wrong. Okay, so I didn't mean a dick, Tucker, so shut the fuck up. I was referring, <laughs> of course, to testicles. Right. Specifically, those belonging to former 80s child star and proud Kyle Rittenhouse supporter, uh, Ricky Schroeder. I don't know if he or his balls are worse, honestly. Facts and friends. Exclusive. Hey guys, before I welcome you to the show, is there any kind of drop you want me to play? Very funny. You're asking the bulls for a drop. By the way, you should really be more respectful of Tucker Carlson. You have no idea the hell he's endured as a result of his chronic testicular atrophy. Have a heart, man. And you wonder why our show was way more popular than yours. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. You were fired from your show, and it was canceled. What happened? Were, were your listener numbers on... Um sagging one more testicle wordplay joke and we're rolling out of here sorry it just slipped out now about our show it was bullshit really two words as to what happened cancel culture who could have known that the police treat man on the street interview bits much differently when a couple testicles are out there doing them bollocks lives matter now who's making the testicle wordplay jokes anyway i'm glad you two could make ball bail so the big issue is Nicki Minaj's friend's cousin's testicles. That's the only reason you're on the show. As testicles yourselves, I would expect you to be experts in this area. So I just want you to answer this question. Is it true that the COVID-19 vaccine can cause testicles to swell and end marriages before they even begin? One hundred percent. Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend knows his shit when it comes to this serious COVID-19 side effect. In fact... Ricky actually took one for the team and got the poison shot to prove it. Show him, Ricky. I'm hideous. Oh my god, right nut, you're you're huge. Andrea, don't leave Ricky. He'll get better. Ricky, just put it away, man. Put it away. The Facts and Friends podcast is experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Okay, well, hopefully that's the last we see of those two this season. I bet it's not. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> It'll depend on the stories, right? It's, it's they forced our hand on this. <laughs> it really, Nicki Minaj, this is Nicki's fault. Yeah, Nicki Minaj forced our hand to Ricky Schroeder's balls. <laughs> Nicki. Can you rephrase that? I'm so bad at phrasing sometimes. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls are not our main topic this week. <laughs> Though it is worth mentioning. We didn't we did spend like 10 minutes on it, I feel yeah. like, at this point, but... <laughs> 
Though it is worth mentioning that Tuckums has offered to send a Swollen Balls investigative team to Trinidad to meet with Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend. Does he have like one of those like on call? Is that a thing that Fox has? I don't understand. Before we get to the next segment, we haven't been able to figure out whether this show is broadcast in Trinidad. But if Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend is watching, or his former fiance is watching, we want to hear your story. We'll come to Port of Spain to see you. Let us know. <laughs> Slow news week for Tucker, I guess. I've got to have better things to do. I mean, says the guys talking about Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend, Swollen <laughs> Testicles. <laughs> I mean, clearly we don't have better no, things to do. Don't. We don't have a national television show. We don't. <laughs> anyway, what we do want to talk about this week is the California gubernatorial recall election that finally ended. Finally. God. You know, Judson. Do I? I don't know. I know him. Wouldn't but, recommend. <laughs> Two stars out of five. I mean, that's, that's more than I expected, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this whole Gavin Newsom story reminds me of the time I got that $1,000 pizza. I actually know this story. You do. But the audience does. I do. I know this story. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the worst part is I only got to eat half of it. Right. Long story short, I ordered a pizza with fresh garlic as a topping because you can never have enough garlic. It's not such a thing. I agree. And if they put that shit that's been chopped up and sitting in preservatives, you don't want that. You want fresh no, garlic. No, no. Fresh garlic no, no, I got thinly you. all right well I got fresh garlic as a topping on my pizza I ate a few slices and I set the box on the kitchen counter and I went to the bathroom or something I was doing number two <laughs> that's the part you have to whisper on this show <laughs> <laughs> well I just wanted it to make sense on a timeline perspective for what happens next so sure so you're gone for a few minutes right. okay yes when I finished I went into the kitchen I swear I washed my hands of course I went into the kitchen and my two dogs had somehow gotten the pizza off the kitchen counter and eating the rest of it. That's that's not good. No, because I don't know if you know this, but garlic is very bad for dogs. Super bad. It can give them very serious anemia, onions the same way, basically that, that whole family. Yep. Which meant that we had to go to the vet and induce vomiting with charcoal pills and take a bunch of tests. Which are not cheap. No. And as if the vet bill wasn't bad enough, once we got home, the vomiting party was not over, my friend. <laughs> so I got to clean up this slimy black see, puke with pizza bits see, in that's it. that's the part you could whisper. Oh. I don't... <laughs> so I got to clean up the slimy black Not again. Don't say oh, it again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm so glad I have you here. I know. Because I took a photo of it. Maybe I'll share the photo on our Facebook page. Another reason I'm glad I'm off Facebook, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's been lonely without you. <laughs> I don't handle our trolls as well as you do. <sighs> well, if I have a gift, wondering- Tino. I have a gift. I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> Well, if the audience is wondering why I just told that story, or maybe you're wondering, Judson, no, I'm not having a stroke. But I feel like Gavin Newsom's dinner at that fancy restaurant during the strict COVID restrictions he imposed yeah. is a good part of the reasons his opponents were able to get enough signatures to trigger that recall vote. It's this $1,000 pizza, yeah. Yeah, so that dinner essentially cost him $80 million. Well, it cost somebody $80 million. Right, right. A little more than my pizza, but you understand. So, yeah. the recall. First of all, can California please do something about its absurd recall laws. Yeah, that would be nice. I would I would I would take it as a personal favor if they would fix that. Essentially, here's how it works. If a sitting governor's opponents can get enough signatures in the case of a governor, it's just 12% of the total number of people who voted in that governor's election. You can get 12% of people to do anything, I feel like. You get 12% of people to like the fact that I talked about my dog's charcoal slime pizza bit vomit twice. I'm sorry, three times. Sorry, whisper that. <laughs> you should get it. <laughs> 
I bet 12% of people still like Ricky Schroeder's balls being on our show. I'm one of them. I mean, it's absurd. 10 to 12% of people are just crazy and will- We each have a golden veto, right? People don't know this. You might not even know this. I don't know this. I I would have used it already several (laughs) times. You only have one. I would have used it several times. (laughs) Either one of us can veto a bit once. Right. Just just the once. If we feel that strongly. (laughs) You just, you've just revealed that we have never we have never re- vetoed a bit on this show. <laughs> uh, no, we have vetoed a bit. <laughs> no, we have. It's true. <laughs> we didn't veto it. It's never. We we came to our senses. <laughs> exactly. There wasn't one of us that needed to check the other. We collectively right. came to our senses. Yep. <laughs> oh boy! One day we should do a show where just we record those bits. <laughs> just just the ones that just we just to make sure we'll never host Jeopardy. <laughs> Or become that, that ship is sailed. president or maybe, maybe, maybe even president of the PTA or yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> still married to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, in the recall vote, this is still, we're still going over the California rules. We got a little sidetracked there. Oh yeah, we did. Sorry. <laughs> in the recall vote, if the governor fails to get a majority of voters to reject the recall, whoever gets the largest percentage of votes among the alternatives becomes governor. Right. So someone could get far less than 50% of the votes and still it's become the governor. It's a terribly, terribly stupid system. Yeah. And if this doesn't seem stupid enough to the government of California, consider then in 2003, your stupid recall rules are how you got the governor himself. I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I, that is absolutely true. 2003 predates my caring about politics by a little bit. So. Oh, yeah. I wasn't born yet, but I read that on the internet. <laughs> okay. Come right out and say it. Newsom did not deserve to be recalled. Agreed. Absolutely not. The COVID dinner was politically moronic. Okay. Don't get me wrong. It was a terrible decision. Yeah. Yeah. It was stupid, but it didn't rise to the level of a recall election. No. So his record, let's go over his record really quickly. His record's mixed. He's done some great things like place a statewide moratorium on the death penalty in California. Yep. That's good. I'm sure the pro-life, pro-life. assholes would disagree with me because <laughs> <laughs> they're so pro-life. <laughs> He put limits on police use of force, which is great, but honestly, it probably doesn't go far enough. Yeah, sure. He's tried to tackle California's poverty rate, which if you factor in the cost of living in California, is actually the highest of any state in the United States. I believe that's skewed greatly by some particular locations, but yeah, it's, it's, sure, it's rough sure, there. Sure, sure, sure. Although it's a cost of living in, in um, San Francisco is going down because of the homeless problem. Interesting. Anyway, he signed off on a universal school lunch legislative proposal. He's helping reform charter schools. He banned fracking. He moved toward greatly limiting the use of fossil fuels, completely eliminating them by 2035. Let's see if that happens. Right. He expanded the state Medicaid program and on and on. I mean, there's they've, they've been paving the, paving the way on green energy and electric vehicles. Yeah. But he has a lot of work to do on homelessness. That's for sure. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. But he's been governor for two and a half fucking years. It's not that long, turns out. It's a big state. There's a lot to do. To solve homelessness? If it were easy, one of the governors previously might have fixed it already. Like the governator? Like the governator, yes. I know you're a big Jingle All The Way fan. (laughs) 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 Look, I'm all for giving the people of California a voice. If the governor's doing a shitty job, recall him. But this 12% trigger rule just empowers the worst of California. Like like the owner of those testicles I'm considering banning from our show. <laughs> to just roll the dice on a potential power grab. It's 12, 12%. Like I said, you can convince 12% sure. of people to say yes to anything. And let's face it, Justin. Let's call this what it is. This is just another way the right attempts to game the system to steal power. Or waste money. And waste money, not or. Or, well, the, ra- 
place itself was a colossal waste of money, costing California taxpayers nearly $300 million. According Some to estimates Newsom. over $300 million. Yeah, it, I've seen between 270 and then yeah, the other 300 plus. Yeah. But maybe it was worth it to see Larry Elder lose. <laughs> I think we'll come to that conclusion by the end of this segment. <laughs> the contenders were diverse, I guess. <laughs> From some guy named Adam who listed his qualifications as, quote, entertainer and tour guide, end quote. <laughs> Adam, if you need someone to help you with your resume, faxandfriends at gmail.com because... <laughs> <laughs> you should really tailor your resume to the job for which you're applying. That's true. That's a good point. Right, sorry. You were saying. To everyone's favorite trans Republican, Caitlyn Jenner, to this fucking Wait, guy. Wait, do we have another choice? Because Favorite I, trans Republican? If there were almost any other trans Republican. Yeah, I don't know if we have another choice. Would, okay. It's, it's that she's the one. It's yours to win. Other. <laughs> other, other trans Republican. Trans Republican. <laughs> Wide open field. <laughs> and also to this fucking guy. Let me tell you how we can improve race relations. Address a major problem in American society, a problem that forms opinions, that forms impressions, that yes, forms stereotypes. You know what that problem is? Blacks are lousy tippers. Record scratch. We already used the record yeah, scratch. But, but in my head, that's what I heard. <laughs> what? That is Larry Elder. He is a conservative talk show personality with some oh, uniquely oh, horrible oh. positions. No, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. He's a conservative <laughs> talk show personality. Actuarially speaking, he should be dead this time next week. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, like I said, he has some uniquely horrible positions, particularly on race. Here are a couple of his greatest hits in terms of race relations, just to help our listeners make up their mind. <laughs> Racism has never been less significant in America than today. I mean, maybe he's right, but that just means every time before now was even worse than now. <laughs> I mean, who could forget this classic? I think that I would rather have a George Zimmerman living in my neighborhood, and maybe if a George Zimmerman were living in my neighborhood, we'd have a few fewer Ario Castros. I thought we wanted people to be proactive. I that thought wasn't we wanted the people question, to be Larry. Oh, God. Yes, that oh. was Larry Elder saying he would rather be neighbors with George Zimmerman than Trayvon Martin, the child George Zimmerman murdered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stay classy, Larry. Oh, and because that clip wasn't gross enough, I did leave in a little bit at the end there where Piers Morgan was talking. <laughs> <laughs> but you see how bad he is that even Piers Morgan was like, I'm calling you on your bullshit. <laughs> All right. Well, at least Larry Elder has a totally well-informed, honest understanding of how Trump was and is viewed by world leaders. And I think the, the broader point is that uh, world leaders do not despise Donald Trump. They don't. They respect him. <laughs> and a growing number of world leaders, in my opinion, are becoming increasingly impressed with the fact that he talks the talk and walks the walk. Boy, have you lost your mind, because I'll help you find it. <laughs> If there's one thing, if there's one thing we can all agree on or should be able to agree on. It's that world leaders outside of, let's say, North Korea and Russia Brazil. really didn't like Trump. Brazil. Yeah. A few, a few others. Hey, Mike Lindell, how do you say the name of the leader from Brazil? Eduardo Bolsonaro. If I say it right, Bar Barca, how do you say it, Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, outside of those guys. Outside of those few dictators and wannabe dictators, he was not popular. He was mocked, laughed at at the UN. Yes, we have audio of world leaders making fun of Donald Trump, like your boyfriend Trudeau. Trudeau, it's me. I was wondering if I'd be gay for you, you would for me. I just don't understand how, is he lying or is he crazy? Which one of those things is Larry Elder? Porque no los dos. <laughs> I feel like in this case, it's one or the other. And this guy, Judson, 
This guy was the front runner to replace Newsom. Yeah, yeah, the, he was. He, and he got, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, I think it, it's like 26% of the votes. I think it's just another example of how out of touch with America the TQP is. That's the Trump QAnon party. Larry Elder also thinks the minimum wage should be eliminated. See, I'm on the other end of that. I think there should be a maximum wage. And, well, and minimum wage should be higher. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Especially in California. <laughs> Well, taking a page from the Trump playbook, Elder launched a webpage last week claiming massive voter fraud. There was a slight issue, however. I, I know what the issue was. What was it? It, ha- it happened before the election. Yeah, there hadn't been an election. <laughs> <laughs> One news outlet ran this headline. Uh, Larry Elder announces he's, quote, detected fraud in California recall vote results, which don't exist yet. <laughs> But actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I guess Trump kind of did that too, didn't he? He floated he the did. idea that if he lost the 2020 election, it was because of fraud way before it ever happened. You see the idea among your, your supporters first, that the that there's no way there can be a fair election. The only way you could lose if there isn't a fair election. And then when you inevitably lose, right. there wasn't a fair election. So is this, is this just what the right is going to do from now on? If they think they're going to lose or if they in fact lose, they're just going to claim yes. results changing fraud occurred despite having no evidence? I think I tweeted our discussion Discord chat of this exact conversation we had. They will never, ever again admit that they've lost an election. Well, he did admit he lost and he did lose. That he fairly lost. That he, he he's going to rely on the fact that there was fraud. Like, they'll never admit that they lost a free and fair election. It wasn't close enough to even claim fraud. It was so, so lopsided. But he claimed the fraud before it even happened. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, before he got the results. But afterward, right. like, when he conceded and he, at least he conceded, yeah. he did not claim fraud. Well, some of his loyal fans will still be claiming fraud 20 years from now. Oh, oh yeah. We're going to get to that in a second. Larry Elder should have been the governor back in <laughs> 2021. And So honestly, as it turned out, Elder's emergence as Newsom's alternative was a gift to Newsom. Uh, potentially, yeah. Like I said, he avoided being recalled by landslide margins, despite Rose McGowan's full-throated Elder endorsement. <laughs> Oh my God, Rose, Rose, God. If only more people even remembered who Rose McGowan is. I do. And of course you do. Yeah, but Finally, and unfortunately, there is a QAnon angle to the recall story. Apparently, Q made this prediction back in 2018 when he was asked if California voter fraud would ever be brought to light. His response was just watch California, which now has the QAnon folks believing Newsom fraudulently won the recall election. And when the massive evidence comes to light, no doubt discovered by the creator of the purple mattress or the CEO of Goya. Is the purple mattress also bad? Is that? I don't know. I just threw that. Okay. <laughs> You're throwing them under the bus really quick. I mean- I'm sorry, purple mattress. <laughs> I really hate those egg commercials, though. I really do. Anyway, I don't know their politics. Okay. But the QAnon people, they think that this is what's going to move the needle on the big lie. John Sable, who I guess is some kind of QAnon uh, influencer. <laughs> Can't believe I just said those words. You did. You in, did. Yeah. Uh, I wrote the um. <laughs> it's <laughs> See, a U-M-M-M-M. That's how hard it there was were, to write those words. There were an words. excessive number <laughs> yes. of ums, I agree. <laughs> well, this John Sable person posted on Telegram that, quote, dethroning Newsom is the catalyst for the all caps main event. I thought Trump just announced the main event. I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe he's talking about the boxing match. <laughs> This is like people going through those things, the the the, the quatrains of Nostradamus, trying to like squeeze meaning out of them and determine. It's just it's just all nonsense, all bullshit. Well, 
there might be hope for this country after all, Judson, because one QAnon supporter posted this on a QAnon forum, and I want to give you the pleasure of reading it. So now we need a third time with many question marks. We have November 3rd. We have the Georgia Senate runoffs. Now we need California. One poster recently fretted on a QAnon forum. Is there a point that around here the question can be raised? I'm not sure patriots are in control. Are we the sheep? Coming around? Maybe. I, I question sometimes, too, if these are like actual QAnon supporters or if they're yeah, this like could be... trolls that are like embedded there trying right. to s- sow discord among the Q, Q society. Could be. Q, they're like the mole people. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Breaking news. So just as we were about to record, this story appeared on my feed. Apparently, one day after the recall election, California Democrats are seeking changes to the recall process. Oh, thank God. Now, it will require a constitutional amendment. So there's an uphill battle. They have a supermajority, though, don't they? Well, but then it goes on the ballot, and then the voters have to approve it as well. Uh, okay, gotcha. But California is 60-something percent Democrat. And 64% didn't want to recall in the first place this time around. So. Right. So there, there's a chance, at least, and hopefully they fix it, because sure. as we talked about at the top of the segment... It's stupid. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> to sum up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Judson... <sighs> Now that we're finished with the California recall story and I'm looking back on it, maybe we should have just kept Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's swollen testicles as our main story this week. <laughs> now you're talking. Get out. <laughs> we'll be right back. Everything is new so Everything is almost as blue as his hair. Everything is new so Because you want them in square. Everything is better when we go together. One by one, we'll be done with the right forever. We'll keep on the pressure. We agree, you and me, let's be free, let's get rid of that GOP. Everything is new song. California flip, Larry, I'll never burn. Everything is new song. But your recall was absurd. Before we get to this week's closed topic, I wanted to remind you that the Facts and Friends podcast is written, directed, produced, and edited by Judson and Tino with with contributions from a guy who basically skips to this part of the show every week just to see what little inside joke about him we've decided to make. (laughs) I bet he does that. Actually, (laughs) he might be onto something as far as how best to listen to this show. (laughs) For that matter, how best to record it. Skip everything. Go to the end. <laughs> Can you imagine our recording session? Ten minutes long. We're done. We make a joke about the guy whose name we don't say. I can edit it in like five minutes. We're out oh, of here. God. All right. Well, let's put that on the list uh, to talk about in the production meeting. <laughs> also, the Facts and Friends theme was composed just for us and 200 and something dollars by Omar. <laughs> thanks, we, Omar. Thanks. Thanks, Tino. <laughs> made that joke before we we say it every week but we really can't say it enough and and i mean this like yes this is written down on a page and i say pretty much the same thing every week but i do mean this from the bottom of my heart we appreciate all of you listeners so very much and we just ask that you sacrifice a tiny bit of your time and even less of your good judgment to tell your friends about our little podcast. This takes none of your good judgment. I mean, I said even less. (laughs) Yeah. Zero. Zero. (laughs) Just suggest they subscribe and listen on whatever platform you have. That's all we ask. We, We don't ask for money. 
yet yet (laughs) we also love hearing from you so drop us a comment or dm on the facts and friends facebook page with feedback criticism recipes or any of those larry elder ballots you stole before they could be counted i got a whole box full in the back of the car my trunk is full of them (laughs) also please follow us on twitter at facts and friends facts the letter n friends individually you can reach me on twitter at uncle tortilla and judson tell the people how they can connect with you. Uh, I am at the fault and my arse. Fault, the letter N, my arse. You ready for a little clothes topic? I bring it on. All right. I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but more and more new and unnecessary far-right alternatives to everyday gadgets are coming out all the time. Okay. There like, was the Freedom Phone, of course. Oh, you remember the, the Freedom Phone. <laughs> yeah. So that was just a Chinese-made Android phone with a stars and stripes shell and a huge price markup. Oh, and and, and no protection from malware or viruses. (laughs) Included with malware and viruses, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm Uh, sure it comes with. But you've also got like like, uh, Getter and and Gab and all the the far right replacements for social media. Right. Yep. But I'm talking specifically about hardware, about gadgets. Gotcha. Okay. So this new one is maybe my current favorite. Okay. Have you gotten your cucks yet? Uh, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Cucks. Q-U-X. Uh, no, I have okay. I have not. Let me tell you about it. Tell, yeah, tell me more. It's a little mysterious. As far <laughs> as I can tell. There's gotta be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can tell, it's a box-like gadget. It looks a little bit like an external hard drive. Okay. So some former InfoWars dude is selling this thing. And according to the Daily Beast, it is actually pronounced Cux. Q-U-X <laughs> is pronounced Cux. It costs $99. Oh, an important note. No one seems to know what it actually does. Oh, so $99 for nothing. (laughs) We don't know. But luckily, Johnson, we found a slickly produced commercial for this Cux device on YouTube. So maybe that's going to help us figure it out. So I thought we could listen to the commercial. Yeah, sure. Okay, here we go. We have become dependent on a corrupted, unsecure network, the so-called World Wide Web. This is not the intergalactic computer network we were promised. The web makes us vulnerable to hacking. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. I have some notes. Me too. First, (laughs) the voiceover work is top notch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No no notes there. Clearly. (laughs) So much emotion and inflection. (laughs) But that's not why I stopped it. Did she just say, help me here. Did she just say the World Wide Web, emphasis on world as a web within a single world, Uh was pitched as an intergalactic computer network? (laughs) (laughs) I... I, I guess she did. Pretty sure she said that. I don't recall that actually being in the brochure that I received about the internet. Uh, you got a brochure? I did. I did. I, but yeah, I don't remember the uh, the intergalactic promises of Al Gore. For the World Wide Web. Like the a World single Wide world. Web. Yeah, exactly. The okay. World Wide Web, not the worlds. Right. <laughs> did you have any other notes for her before we go on? No, it was really just the voice work. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give her a chance to tell us what it is in that oh-so-alluring droning monotone. <laughs> The web makes us vulnerable to hacking, tracking any form of digital attack. It's easily gamed, misused, and even abused. Censorship, cancel culture, and deplatforming are symptoms of a larger problem. We're okay, uh, I need another break. <laughs> Mostly from her delivery. Cancel culture? How many right-wing hot-button terms do you think they can fit in this spot? <laughs> 
It's about two and a half minutes long. That's important to know. I've heard four or five, I feel like, so the far. Platforming, at least. Yeah. Cancel, culture. cancel culture. All right. Last chance, Yanni McDrones a lot. <laughs> Censorship, cancel culture, and deplatforming are symptoms of a larger problem. We're stuck in technological cul-de-sacs controlled by big tech whose yep, interests take precedence over ours. Their technology is built around conditioning and addiction, control and domination. However, it doesn't have to be this way. Our solution is the quantum user oh, is experience. Is it coming? Is it coming? Yeah. QUX, or QUIX, is your portal to a new digital universe. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> I thought the Daily Beast said it was pronounced CUX. That is what they said. This is at least a little less funny if it's pronounced Quix. For sure. Will Summer of the Fever Dreams podcast promised me this was pronounced Cux. My understanding is that it is pronounced Cux now. Like this oh, was maybe not when that commercial was made. But not when the commercial was made. They've, they've, they've gone through like a rebranding sort of to, I guess, to like counter troll the trolls that were trolling them. Yeah, it doesn't sound effective. No. So it doesn't. When you go about your Twitter trolling this week, could you please reach out to Mr. Summer and demand clarification? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, back to the ad. I feel like we're finally getting to a possible explanation of what the fuck this quick cucks thing does. Qu quick cucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's like what they are. I, the the whole ones thing, that are incels. The, the whole thing to, to me reminds me of like uh, Quibi. The Quibi. Yeah, Quibi. It reminds me of that. And your quick cucks thing is just, it's like a, it's just like a, a really quick cucks. A really <laughs> Sorry. Go on. Go on. To the next. I never thought I'd say this, but I want to hear her talk now instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. When you join Quicks, you have unlimited access to whatever content you want. You can live stream, upload your own videos, audio, music, images, Post and listen to podcasts. Quix even allows you to use Android apps and games. You deserve the online experience you want to have. Create collections or share new content with your family, community, or the world. You can pull content from other websites and platforms to Quix easily, or you can upload directly to Quix. Quix isn't a publisher. It's an interface where anyone can publish and everyone can control their own digital experience. It's the web, but not the web. Right. One quick question. Is it intergalactic? It, that was not addressed. I think we're huh. going to have to uh, buy one to find out. It sounds like my phone. <laughs> it does. On your TV, though. But on my TV. Why would I want my phone on my TV? I don't know. <laughs> because that's how you get away from deplatforming and cancel culture, Tino. And big tech. <laughs> and big tech. I gotta ask, are we on the wrong side of American politics? <laughs> I mean, no. this thing got $170,000 of funding on Indiegogo. Oh, oh you, mean, you mean like monetarily are we yes. on the wrong? Yeah, oh, then yes. Yes, we are. These adults, these adults are begging to give their money away. Just to anything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. You just say MAGA or yep. <laughs> liberals suck. Kill Pelosi. No, throw money at you. We can make a MAGA machine and sell it. No one would have to know what it does. We don't have to know what it does. <laughs> It just has to be branded, and and we would make you know three hundred thousand dollars. Let's do that. Someone's gonna do that. Actually, now that I've said that, shit, someone is gonna start making a MAGA machine. <laughs> what about like a? We could get a like a, a electric razor, like a Norelco or something. Uh huh. Painted or whatever. And that's gonna be the MAGA machine. No, it'd be like oh. the Ted Cruz scrotum trimmer. 
Ugh. That could move some units. It has deflated my unit, I guess. <laughs> I, I might question why your unit needed deflating. <laughs> All right. All the money we're going to make with the MAGA machine, Tino. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right. Well, <laughs> that's going to be it for this show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And hopefully Judson will have gotten to the bottom of that whole quick cucks thing. <laughs> that's I, I, I find that very unlikely. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Yeah, be safe. show you know i gotta say i felt kind of weird you know i, I don't know if you remember this but uh, i used to actually be on this show you know uh, i used to do the uh, weekend update news routine you remember that and uh yeah that's where i did the make-believe news jokes you know that was me right so then a year and a half ago right i had a sort of a, a disagreement with the management at uh, at the nbc uh, I wanted to keep my job, right? <laughs> and they felt the exact opposite. <laughs> so, so you see, they like, uh, they fired me because they said that I wasn't funny, you know? Now, now with most jobs, I could have had a hell of a lawsuit on my hands for that, but, but see, this is a comedy show. <laughs> so they got me, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but now, this is the weird part, right? It's only a year and a half later, and now they asked me to host the show. <laughs> so I wondered, I go, hey, wait a second here. Hey! I go, how did I go in a year and a half from being not funny enough to be even allowed in the building <laughs> to being so funny that I'm now hosting the show? How did I suddenly get so damn funny? <laughs> it was inexplicable to me, because a year and a half, let's face it, is not enough time for a dude to learn how to be funny. <laughs> then it occurred to me, I haven't gotten funnier. The show has gotten really bad. <laughs> so yeah, I'm funny compared to, you know, well, you'll see later, but... Okay, so let's recap. The bad news is, I'm still not funny. The good news is, the show blows. All right, folks, we got a bad show for you tonight.
And that's all for now. Good night. And good luck.